Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following content is not suitable for children. George, sometimes people feel criticized by direct sex requests, and we got to talk about this to help them. Yeah, all right. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Just as we begin, please remember to check out Uberlube. Uberlube.com is where you can get this great lubricant and help support Foreplay Radio. No one likes criticism, especially around sex. <laughs> especially in bed. So I had two clients this week, and they said something, and they were not related to each other, but one was a woman, one was a man, and they gave me sort of like the perfect halves of this conversation. She talked about her experience giving feedback in bed, and he talked about his experience receiving feedback about the bedroom. And they were completely unrelated, but both of them kind of matched. And I thought this was, it was really helpful to hear it in the same week for me. And I asked them specifically, of course, without their names, if I could talk about it on the podcast, because I thought the insight that they gave was really important. Yeah, what a great topic. So much what we're trying to do is to encourage people to give feedback, to communicate more, that that is foreplay. There's so much intimacy in that. But if you see that feedback as a stop sign, we're trying to see it's like a detour sign, right? It's just trying to get you to go in a little bit different direction. But so many people, if your nervous system reads it as that stop sign, all of a sudden the brakes come on and you know the whole experience gets ruined. Exactly. I'll start with the, she's a female sexual pursuer. In general, she's a sexual pursuer. And she said, you know, I always learned and thought that men really want to know what you want. So in this new relationship, that was her mindset. And so he, they don't live together, but they meet up on the weekends. Uh, it's really, they're, they're dating. And it's Friday night. And Friday night used to be sex night, so she dresses up, you know, in something sexy. He comes in late, 
And she's on her laptop, looks up and says, you know, hey. And he says, what are you doing? And she says, well, I'm watching porn. And he goes, oh. And he kisses her hello. Then he goes and gets ready for bed and then crashes and doesn't lean over and touch her, doesn't do anything. This is a true story. And so she thought, okay, I've given this incredibly clear signal that I'm ready for sex, want sex, and he doesn't do anything. And what she says is that many times she makes suggestions, and early on he has said things to her like, you know, you're kind of being bossy. So then they, on Saturday morning, they decide to make love, I guess, and he climaxes first, and then he turns to her and asks her, do you want me to get you off? And she's like, gosh, you know, not the most romantic ask, right? Not like a volunteerism of, hey, I, w- I want to do you now. She thinks, okay, but I do want to have an orgasm. So she says, yeah, yeah, okay, I do. And then he he starts to kind of complain about many of the things that she has previously asked him about. You know, he says, my hand's getting tired. I can't keep doing this uh, because he has carpal tunnel syndrome, I guess. So as he's touching her, he gets tired. He says, you know, I can't put my fingers in your vagina and give you oral sex because I just don't bend that way. And then when he does give her oral sex, the position he gets into, apparently, he starts to kind of sigh, and she gets the picture that his neck is, like, getting crooked. And she's like, okay, you know, now I absolutely cannot get there. You know, I cannot get off. And she's confused because these are all the things she's kind of told him, and he's rejecting her pat. So you're laughing. What are you thinking? Try to not be judgmental here, right? It's people have good reasons for why they do what they do, right? But just trying to figure out what's, what's kind of stopping this guy's engagement. And so what's right? the judgment? Can I ask you what, like what immediately you feel like, like no, why I are think, you laughing? I just think there's so many men that, that would, would love this kind of setup that she's describing. And yet there's something about it not as engaging for him. Right. And so what's that's my my judgment's like it wants to be like, really? Come on, buddy. And yet, <laughs> you know, I, I, I know that there are good reasons he's not so engaged. And if you're not so engaged and your hands cramp it or your neck's cramp it, you know, you kinda want the other person to get it over. Get it over with, right? Mm-hmm. And and yet she senses that lack of engagement and now I mean it's almost like their roles reversed, which from that common male sexual pursuer with that female witch Aurora who's just kind of going through the motions, right? Yep. I mean, I, I think that she would be relieved to hear that. I mean, that's that's her experience with men is that they want to know this. It's how she learned it, how she learned to be sexual with men. And then now she has a partner who feels something different that sets him off. You know, well, I'm not sure it's accurate to say men really want a lot of feedback. Oh, good. What they do you want, think is accurate? <laughs> well, I, I think... Let us know. <laughs> I think men want you to be engaged in sex, right? But the uh-huh. feedback is not something men do a lot of. If you think about men, if you just coded the sheer number of words they've used to describe sex in their whole life, you would see <laughs> it's not a lot. And what it is, it's either they're talking about the locker room, there's kind of bragging, there's really not much talking about it there. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they're hearing in other settings they shouldn't be doing it. It's bad. The, you know, sex is a negative conversation. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of healthy. I was thinking about this myself. It's like 
if I want to get better at something, I want to be a better therapist, I want to be a better athlete, you name it, whatever it is, I find a mentor, somebody that I look up to and say, that's the path you follow. Mm-hmm. If I think about that for sex, I don't have one. Right? I don't, they're not great you images You don't have a sex there. mentor. <laughs> well, I think we're going to title this, George. The, I, I'm changing the title. We're just going to title this one, Sex Mentor. Sex mentor, I like it. What, what, how sad is that for a culture that most of us, I don't think I'm abnormal with this, I don't even have an image, I don't have a target in my head that says that is a great example of what a healthy male sexual relationship would look like. I want to have something like that. Wait, wait, what a healthy male sexual person would be like. Yeah, what does it look like? How, what does he do? I know what a great baseball player does. I know what a great therapist can do. I mean, there are measurable skills that I can look at and say, that I can emulate. I want that. Where is my mentor? Where is my image from that male sexuality? Yeah, that's tough. Or for female sexuality, right? I mean, do you, I mean are there women out there that experience and say, yeah, I, I want to be like this woman? Not that many. Well, I want to look, look like this woman, right, but they don't right. necessarily say, I want to be like this woman. Well, if you look at movies, right, where we get a lot of uh, non-conscious kind of just representations of what's good or what we're aiming towards, right? In the movies, what does sex look like? How do women experience sex mm-hmm. versus men? How are men portrayed in movies? Suave. They know what they're doing. They're often in charge. Do you see a lot of communication and they're being told, no, 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 a little to the left. No, no, a little to the right. <laughs> oh, you know what? Did you see anything with the cranked neck or, the, or your hands cramping up? Do we see any images of what you're supposed to do with that stuff? Not, not usually. Right. So then where are we? We're left alone thinking we're doing something wrong. So I think this... This given feedback, although it's healthy, and I encourage women, please, men need more practice. Don't give up because they don't really know what they're doing with feedback. We need to get better at it. We need to help each other get better at it. Feedback is what makes us better at what we're doing if we learn to embrace it. But if we just hear it as criticism, then it's going to lead to those same defensive moves, which is disengaging. Mm-hmm. So, now I'm I, depressed here, Laurie. I know, no, no. I, I heard it, though, this week as well from that man. Not not her partner particularly, but from this a similar situation from another patient who was on the receiving end of his wife's direction. So let's come back and do a little bit after the break so that we can kind of see what a man might feel when he's given these kinds of instructions. We are grateful to UberLube for still sponsoring us. This is a fantastic lube. If you haven't tried it yet, please check it out at uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay, which gives you 10% off. I keep forgetting to tell people that. They can support us and they can try this great lubrication, which is really, it's made out of a high-grade silicone. And, you know, I do all kinds of ratings on lubrications just in my work. And silicone doesn't get absorbed into the body, so it it really provides smooth touch, smooth intercourse, a great glide. It's scent-free. It is taste-free. So you can switch from foreplay to oral sex to intercourse with no problem. Well, if you're using Uber Lube to enhance and relax your body, then it's just that much easier to open up your mind and expand your heart. And having something fun that makes sex even better, I would love for you to try Uber Lube. 
Support the 4Play podcast and save 10% off your order when you use the coupon code 4Play at uberloop.com. We've done two Facebook Lives for our patrons, George, and we try to do that once a quarter. We try to send newsletters and give exclusive material. But it's really, we are grateful for people who believe in our mission to help couples keep it hot and help inform people and help them talk about sex, help them get better at their sexual relationship. Right. And partnering with us is, it's really an honor to know people are joining us on this mission, that this is a an effort to produce and for the listeners to put aside time and, and we hope that's valuable but when, when we join forces it's just a lot easier to get that message out there so we so appreciate the support both financial and just to make those ratings and to spread the word because mm-hmm. our world really needs it it does and we get so many letters from people not just patrons that are grateful for what we're doing and say it's changing their lives and so if you want to help us change the world, we would appreciate that support. And certainly this is something that our hearts are in and we've given a lot to you and you can join with us. Welcome back, Lori. Let's get into this second story and let's see if we could try to put words to what it's like for a guy to get this feedback and how do we help them embrace it instead of taking it and, and wanting to go away. Okay, so this this guy that I talked to, I knew this was a problem. His wife was pretty adventurous in bed and wanted a lot of things. And the thing she wanted the most was him to talk about sex, to talk about his sexual experience, his sexual desires, his sexual fantasies. And so I asked him about his upbringing. I, I did a sexual assessment. And actually, at this point in his life, he's a low T guy, which means low testosterone. So he doesn't have a lot of for him, physiological push towards sex, not as much as he used to have. And I, he says, but I, I basically tell myself I'm too old to go through all that. He kind of down-regulates the stimulation that he might get from seeing a woman. He doesn't, he doesn't capture that and take it inside and then convert it to the sexual relationship. And he said prior to this, his wife really, All his experiences were about his physical initiation. Mm -hmm. And now this partner is really vocal. And he said, you know, I was trained to keep my mouth shut about sex. Talking about sex is not proper. You know, his family of origin never talked about sex. He said, this just wouldn't have happened. And so when she starts to ask him, tell me about, you know, what you think about, he said, I literally went into freeze. First of all, said, my mind went blank. I started to just feel nervous and absolutely nothing came to mind. You know, he said, I'm not going to tell her that I've seen an attractive woman, certainly that day. And I said, no, 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 it's, it's, that's not what I was asking him to do. But I, I wanted him to think about, did he have thoughts? He says, absolutely, I do. But I've never, ever, ever thought about sharing them. And so her instructions about what she wanted to do, like, I guess she wanted to have accoutrements is what she said. And he thought that basically it was a criticism. Is that a type of food, accoutrements? No, it was toys and all kinds of stuff that she wanted to do. And, and he, he basically took it that he was a disappointment to her. And sometimes after making love, she would cry. It was just confusing, all, mm-hmm. all these requests, and, and would basically say, you know, you're not into it. I don't feel you coming forward. I don't feel you making suggestions about 
what toy we should use or that you even want to. And, and he, he basically was saying, you know, I felt so criticized. I felt so inadequate. Yeah. So he started to tell himself, okay, you know, sex is not fun. Is this supposed to be fun? Because it's not fun. And Sucks. so he, he shut down further, couldn't respond to her requests for what she wanted from him, both in terms of initiating now. You know, he didn't have the physical sort of same sort of push he did when he was younger. He's like, whatever I offer her is going to be too vanilla. She's not going to think it's very exciting. She clearly doesn't think I'm exciting is what he's telling himself. And then he started to experience ED. And so mm-hmm. he could no longer rely on it on his erection to just work. And I mean, this was just like the, the perfect storm. It's a you know? way too common perfect storm though. Mm-hmm. Right. And we have to find a way of breaking the link between words and expressing being vocal and that equaling criticism, right? That is so often the quick assumption, you know, that men here, if you're going to kind of ask for something or say something, that means I'm doing something wrong. And it's like, it's not even thought about. It just immediately lands in the body as criticism. Words start equaling crying, bad things, right? So it only increases pressure, which leads to this kind of negative feedback loop that leads towards ED and all these other issues. True. So how do we, how do we break that? I mean, I, I, I'm not sure during sex is the best time to start these conversations. You know, I think that's why going to a sex therapist or, you know, have a glass of wine over dinner, but to start kind of retraining the body to see the opportunity in the feedback that this isn't about doing it wrong. This is about kind of expansion and kind of growing as a couple and getting to know. I mean, we learn more from feedback than if we don't take the risk for feedback. So how does he train his body to hear his wife's offerings, requests, and suggestions as something good and exciting and something that she's maybe being vulnerable about because his body is shutting down. That's why I'm saying sexually. He needs to get, we need to get his buy-in before sex to say, hey, I, I actually, I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to kind of expand what we're trying to do. All right, bring it on. I need him to say, bring it on to even have a chance of being open to it during the act. But if I don't get his buy-in that wants it, and I have all these years of training that words mean you're doing it wrong, then of course his body's going to start shutting down from it. Mm-hmm. So, so I you- think it's a timing of when you got to really get people to want to engage in that verbal exchange before it actually comes. So you're saying he's got to tell himself, bring it on. Or you're saying he's got to tell her, bring it on. They got to make a decision over dinner that this is something that could benefit the relationship and help both of them out. I need him to buy in cognitively to the concept of the importance of doing this differently because his whole life he hasn't needed this. It's Mm -hmm. worked well without it. It's not his fault he's going to words equal I'm doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. He doesn't see the opportunity. I really need to explain that to him and help him understand that. And if his brain says, oh, interesting, you know what, actually, that might be fun then. You know, that might be something worthwhile. Now he has a chance during the act itself to lean into that instead of just running away from it. He's in total panic mode. (laughs) Yeah. Total fear. Because he feels like now, especially this is a 
more chronic pattern, right? It isn't the first time she's brought it up. She's brought it up over and over. And and thinking like the first woman that he wants to know this and that he would be excited about her curiosity of what he thinks about too. And so now in the chronic pattern, she's fixing to leave, like they say in the South. Fixing is a really <laughs> good word in the South. You Bless know, because, your heart. <laughs> and you know what that means, yep. actually. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a good one. So how do we calm his body down? I mean, you're saying he needs to. I, I want to know how a withdrawer does it. I'm well, this is the now. hard part. This is why it's hard to create change because both people have to do something differently. This is so hard for the pursuer who's putting themselves out there and doing everything right to just get so rejected by that. Mm -hmm. And then when you get rejected, you want to protest. You want to be like, are you kidding me? You want to let them know all the things they're not doing so they can do it differently. Mm -hmm. Right. So I get that part of it. But what pursuers are not seeing in that moment is exactly what you said. This withdrawer is freezing in fear. And nobody is seeing their emotion. Nobody's helping them with that emotion. The best they can do is just get away from that emotion. Mm -hmm. So the which solution, is more shut down, which is more ED, right? I mean, literally, his body yes, is responding. Right. I mean, I, I think ED is complicated. I, he has low testosterone, so that's part of it. But emotionally, his body is also responding to that anxiety. Just like a woman who doesn't have desire because mm -hmm. the sex isn't so great because they're disconnected. A guy who's got all this pressure, ED is a, a, a kind of part of a solution to that, right? It yes. helps you not engage. So yes. I, I totally agree with you. Trust the symptoms, right? So I do want to help pursuers when the time is right and they could calm down to see every time that withdrawal freezes up, that's a missed opportunity to kind of see them and help them with their feelings. Mm -hmm. To kind of see if, if they weren't triggered with their own rejection and they saw that partner's fear and feeling like utterly helpless and feeling like they're getting it wrong and feeling discouraged, what do you think they could do? Oh, well, they could ask, right? What's going on for you? you know, but if they what knew what was going say? on, what would love do in that place? I'm not sure I know. I'm a pursuer to help me. Well, I mean, I think that that reassurance that's saying, you know what, hey, it's okay that you feel afraid, right? There's just a lot of pressure on you, that mm -hmm. it's okay that, you know, I still love you, you're doing, you know, your great job, you're, you're doing your best, you're trying. I mean, it's just that reassurance and that mm -hmm. comfort and not being alone, which is the antidote to fear. If pursuers don't even know how to ever reach a withdrawal here, that means they're never going to have success in those places. They're going to keep needing that move to go away. Mm -hmm. So I need the, which, the pursuer to be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the first couples that I saw right after 9-11, the wife came in and she was like nonstop. I can't believe I finally got a chance to talk. This guy won't talk. No one in his family talks. This is just the way it always is. They're from Germany. Nobody ever talks in Germany. I, I don't know if he has, you know, a little bit of autism or maybe he's Asperger's. And she just relentlessly goes on and on and on in that fast pace. And her criticism is what? He doesn't talk. And I'm sitting back talk. saying to myself, how could the boy, poor guy talk? You never shut up. <laughs> right? You can't change that True. system. He can't talk more unless he talks a little bit less. Right? That's, that's seeing interdependency. That's seeing mm -hmm. a cycle instead of seeing linear thinking. So in this is example, we're getting curious about how do we get this guy to decouple that link between words and criticism 
and to see that opportunity and get their buy-in. That's their work, mm-hmm. trying to kind of see these places where they feel the pressure, feel like they're failing, and be able to communicate that. The pursuer's work is to give the space for that because when they get so activated and they're in such protest, they take up all the space. There really is no space to see that with Jorah's world, mm-hmm. right? So their work is trying to ground themselves so that they can see and actually instead of just being a helpless victim to this process, they start to become really that empowered to really be the one person that could change that process. I, I would say in both these cases, because I see the two couples they're separate. Probably what happened earlier in the cycle is she might have been more critical and more upset. Now, at this point in the cycle, these women are pretty soft. They're encouraging. Mm-hmm. They are understanding, and they still can't shift the cycle. It's like something has gotten blocked in these men, and maybe mm-hmm. I just can't shift the cycle. You're going to have to help me, G. But it's like there's there's this real block because, especially in the second case, the man says, my intention is to come forward this week. You know, I'm going to talk yeah. to her about my sexual fantasies. I'm going to try some of these things. I'm going to tell her what mm-hmm. I like uh, of the things that she suggested. And he has said, some of these things turn me on. But then the next session, he hasn't done any of those things. He hasn't come forward in any way. Yeah. That's going to be another podcast right? to really talk about what do we do with these pursuers, the frustration that's justified, right? That you've tried everything. You try coming in a soft way. Your partner says they're going to do it and they're going to try and then they don't, right? We don't have all the answers here. We're just trying to kind of start some of these conversations, mm-hmm. right? A withdrawer who is not engaging isn't winning by pulling away. Mm-hmm. They're just surviving, And we can do better than that. And it's really frustrating when you're the partner who knows that and you're willing to put in the work for that and your partner won't engage in that process. I really think when I think about these men who I I like, I like all of these people. I mean, they're nice people. And I appreciate that the women are coming forward with their ideas and their sexuality because, you know, I would say the bulk of what my work is is with women who are sexual withdrawers. And so I, I can appreciate these women. But I think there's something that is like an internal wall inside these men. They can't get through it. I mean, intellectually, they're through it. They're already through it. But there's something emotionally that's mm. really stopping them, really blocked. And somehow or another, I guess, I, their partner, we have to help them get through that block that says it is okay to be directed. It is okay to respond to your partner's needs. It is okay to have your own needs and figure out like how to express those and, and talk about the inner world. I, I, I have said this before, but I think the inner world is the most exciting part about sex. And that's, that's the big shift, right? That we see blocks as doorways that they could turn lead to bridges if, mm-hmm. if people are willing to kind of face them instead of running away from them. Yep. All right. Well, let's keep it hot. And P.S., please tune in to our Patreon page so that you can catch the next exclusive episode and our next Facebook Live. We appreciate you joining us to spread this really important message. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. 
All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.